Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's $14 billion for Israel. That's not the story. The story is the response to Speaker Mike Johnson. Yes, Speaker of, of, of the House. The story is how the political left has decided that this guy's problem is that he's a religious fundamentalist, a Christian fundamentalist. And I find it stunning, shocking, that they can say this. They can make this statement without recognizing what it is that they're saying. Now, I think this is true of a lot of people in a lot of places. So let us use... Let us use uh, uh, for for a moment some of the the statements out there, not uh, to the conversation solely uh, uh, about Israel, but rather to where we are politically, a better understanding of the words that are used and what they mean. And that it is obvious that amongst the left and the left-leaning, there really is no understanding of the words other than nobody will question them. And since no one will question them, what does it matter what you say? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. The phone number, 833-468-8669-833. Got Tony. That's that's, that's the number. And I'm... Watching Joe Scarborough, who is, he used to have a mind. And uh, Morning Joe used to be the intellectual morning show of of cable uh, television. Well, that's over. That's gone. This is Scarborough discussing the situation right now. Listen. Of people in Israel believe there's no way they could believe that he he he, he left israelis uh completely vulnerable to the most vicious attacks since the holocaust so again i think it, it wildly inappropriate for him to but but of course it's what he's going to do but to somehow try to to tangle uh entangle israel's survival with his own but again many things he said true we we wouldn't have we wouldn't have talked about a ceasefire on December 8th, 1941, or on September 12th, uh, 2001. Uh, also very true that Hamas uh, is hidden behind civilians mm-hmm. their entire career. They, I, 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 we said this the day after the attacks. We said, when a Jew dies, that's a victory for Hamas. When a Palestinian dies, that's a victory for Hamas. They are just excited about Palestinians dying, maybe even more than they are when Jews die, because they consider that a victory. That's why they hide in hospitals. That's why they hide uh, in, in apartment buildings. That's why they hide behind civilians. 
so again, I think most supporters of Israel would agree with Benjamin Netanyahu in many ways, uh, except the Benjamin Netanyahu part. He was responsible for that, and not just directly. Uh, by by Israel sleeping and the defense forces sleeping and him obsessing over uh, wars against uh, the courts instead of war against Hamas. Uh, and also uh, because what what he did for well over a decade, doing everything he could uh, to 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 avoid peace talks that would lead to a two state solution. He- Follow him. Follow his logic and you will get to a most exasperated place. The recognition that for Hamas, a dead Jew is good for them and a dead Palestinian is good for them is an absolute true thing to say. That's how vile this terrorist organization Hamas is. This organization that is supported by college students and by college professors and by cowardly administrators and college presidents, university presidents who will say nothing by the Ilhan Omars and the Rashida Tlaibs and the Ocasio-Cortez and the Andre Carsons and the Jamal Bowmans, etc. This is all true. But because Benjamin Netanyahu wanted to do judicial reforms, that's what led to Hamas's attack? I will not deny that Mossad failed, Sheen Bet failed, and that eyes were taken off the prize. I will not deny this. But it's because of judicial reforms that you don't like, Joe Scarborough? Are, are you... What game are you playing? What game are you playing? You're playing into the idea that Netanyahu's problem is he's so far right. The Supreme Court of Israel is a very weird, weird place. You know they don't actually have a a, a constitution. They don't have uh, a, a, a system like we do. The Supreme Court is able to challenge uh, laws based on the concept of, wait for it, reasonableness. That is, that is not a standard. Do we like it? Now, beyond a reasonable doubt is something different. That is about you having to prove that someone's guilty because we start with their innocence. Reasonableness for a court, for for judges is, I don't like it. You don't like it. You mean if someone finds free speech unreasonable? Well, there goes that. Oh, my. There, there's a, a, a bit of a joy for the people in power. Judicial reforms are not the reason Hamas attacked. Hamas attacked because they want dead Jews and they want Israel gone. But look at how he tries to, to, to spin. Look at where he puts the focus. He was so obsessed with the West Bank and so obsessed to allowing religious extremists to, to bulldoze down Palestinian homes uh, for, 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 for political purposes, because he knew that would help him with the far right, the far right uh, religiously, politically, that he took his eyes off the terrorists who promised to kill Jews took his eyes completely off of it for political reasons. So yeah, that 
that speech last night a little discordant for a lot of people, and I'll say including myself, that are fierce defenders of Israel. You can't be a fierce defender of Israel and listen to what Benjamin Netanyahu said and go, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Because 80 percent of people inside of Israel think he's responsible. Now, I don't know where that comes from. I want to look for it. 80% of Israelis, Netanyahu responsible. I didn't know where that came from. So we go to the Times of Israel. 80% of Israelis say Netanyahu must publicly take responsibility for October 7th failures. Oh, I believe this as well. I have stated that the guy is not going to get uh, reelected after this war is done because, well, you were in charge. I don't doubt this for a second. But you think that the people of Israel aren't united on the idea that Hamas is guilty? Joe Scarborough doesn't know a holy damn thing about what the hell is going on. He knows nothing. You talk to Israelis. You talk to people there. They are completely and totally together. Completely and totally together. You can't be a fierce defender of Israel. Listen to what Benjamin Netanyahu said and go, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Of course it sounds about right. This is Joe Scarborough and these very, very pseudo-intellectual people at MSNBC trying to say, well, you see, we would have handled it right. Because what we wouldn't have had is one giant attack by Hamas. We just would have had small attacks over time. And that's okay. None of it's okay. Kill every last Hamas member. That's the answer. You'll get peace that way. And if you think that Hamas and Israel are both wrong and both bad, okay, let them fight them out. Let's see who wins. No, no, don't tell me about ceasefires. No, no, don't tell me about who has more weapons. No, 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 don't tell me about food and water or anything else. You just said both sides are terrible. Okay, let them fight. Let's see who wins. Or let's take a look at the nonsense of Jen Psaki. I thought this was one of the more absolutely stunning statements. Jen Psaki, who thinks that a show means having a guest like George Conway on the regular. Jen Psaki, I may have shared this with you, but I think it's worth talking about again. Talking about, as I started, Speaker Mike Johnson. Speaker Mike Johnson is not afraid to let you know he's a Christian. And he has put forth this new piece of legislation. This legislation would bring $14.3 billion to Israel as an aid package, having nothing to do with Ukraine. And where are they going to get it from? They are going to cut the IRS budget, which uh, they gave Biden $80 billion for, they're going to cut it by $14.3 billion. So no tax increases, no additional spending. They're just going to take the money out of the IRS funding, bloop, and they're going to give it to Israel. That's okay. That ain't bad. Now, you can agree or disagree about funding for Israel. I'm just saying uh, that that's an interesting maneuver. 
Oh, Mike Johnson's the worst person who ever lived, according to these people. Well, of course he is. It wouldn't matter who the speaker was. Remember, Jim Jordan was the worst. But now Jim Jordan's not the speaker. Mike Johnson is. Mike Johnson is the worst. And let's go back and listen to the words of Jen Psaki. So let's take a few minutes to talk about this new speaker. First glance, Mike Johnson does seem fine, fine-ish. Conservative, yes. But he once started a civility caucus with a Democrat. And I mean, if nothing else, he wears a suit and his glasses. How threatening can this guy actually be? Well, he gave us all a little clue as to how he would govern in an interview this week. I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my worldview. You heard that right. The Bible doesn't just inform his worldview, it is his worldview. In fact, during his first speech in his new job, Johnson suggested that his election as speaker was an act of God. Talk about a bit of a humble brag there. So what exactly has God apparently called on Mike Johnson to do? Well, his views on policy are essentially what you'd expect from a religious fundamentalist. They're more divisive than they are divine. That clip, she says something that I don't believe she knows what she's saying, which could be said about Jen Psaki, the former White House press secretary, any day of the week. Calling Mike Johnson a religious fundamentalist because one would argue that religious fundamentalism is a problem. But what she really means is Christian fundamentalist. So here's what I know about the Christian fundamentalist, Mike Johnson. He didn't rape any women and then kill the babies. He didn't set any families on fire. He didn't shoot up kibbutzes and set houses on fire so people would leave their safe rooms so they could be murdered. He did not kidnap anyone, but the Islamofascists did. I will bet you any amount of money that you won't hear Jen Psaki talk about Islamofascists while talking about religious fundamentalists, even though it is clear that Hamas is the religious fundamentalists. These are the conversations they have with impunity. Joy Reid. Oh, Joy Reid. This is logic in her world. How does bombing a densely populated land strip filled 50% with children constitute self-defense? How does bombing hospitals, churches, mosques, and UN schools constitute self-defense? Well, you say, if Hamas fighters are hiding in the hospital using the civilians as human shields, okay, let's say they are. Are you arguing that flattening the hospital and killing newborns in their incubators and their moms in the NICU, cancer patients, someone with a broken leg, the doctors, nurses, and just the women and kids hiding in the hospital, that that's not a war crime? Because you would be wrong, according to international law. But why don't the people in Gaza just turn over Hamas militants to the Israelis? Okay, how do you propose they do that? Hamas is the de facto government in Gaza, and they're the ones with the guns. The leaders of Hamas aren't even in Gaza. And if they were, if you were a teenager living in an open-air prison, getting bombed day and night by, let's say, Mexico, and Mexican police kicked in the door and raided your house anytime they wanted and turned off the water and cut off your food, what are you going to do? Side with them? Help them while you're dying? That's like asking why black folks don't help or trust the police. 
Once again, trying to make the move of oppressed and oppressor, and it's all Israel's fault. First, I like it that she notes that if you have guns, you can fight back. That's Joy Reid making an argument for the Second Amendment. Secondly, if it's an open-air prison, Hamas is the warden. But most importantly, she's making the argument that you can't fight back. That the fighting back, the ending Hamas is the war crime itself. So I have MSNBC hosts who scream about religious fundamentalism, but don't connect it to the Islamo-fascists. I have MSNBC hosts desperate to tell you that fighting back is the crime. But note that if you had firearms, you could actually fight back against your oppressors. And then I have MSNBC hosts who want to blame Israel for the damage done as opposed to the terrorists who only want to do the damage. I I really thought I'd get into more about this fundamentalist talk regarding uh, Speaker Johnson and the hate for Christians that the political left has shown, but it actually became a conversation uh, about the hate the political left has for a rational, rational society, isn't it? I'm Tony Katz. Halloween is here, and uh, as a public service announcement, um, I want to I want to warn people. Um, People get an idea on on Halloween that they can kind of get away with anything. And sure, there's the people who dress like the the slutty whatever. They they think they can get away with it. And I say, bless their souls. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. But some people, they like to be scary. They like to be creepy. And they'll, they'll, you know, they they dress like the clown, the little creepy clown. They stand at the end of the roadway and, you know, they try and and scare you. And that, that stuff is dangerous. That stuff is weird. So here at Tony Katz today, uh, we put together a couple of public service announcements uh, just for people thinking of of uh, dressing like a creepy clown. Here, 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 here's one of them. And now a public service announcement for anyone who's thinking of dressing like a creepy clown this Halloween. You die first, kid. Your friends might get me in a rush, but not before I make your head into a canoe. You understand me? This has been a public service announcement for anyone thinking of dressing like a creepy clown this Halloween. Yeah, I thought that'd be helpful. Thought that would be uh, helpful. Now, now, anybody who maybe didn't, you know, they, that one didn't resonate with them. You know, the the whole creepy clown thing here. Let me, let me, let me, let me go with this one here. Maybe, maybe this. Well, we just want to help people. Have the best Halloween possible. Here, here, maybe this one. And now, a public service announcement for anyone who's thinking of dressing like a creepy clown this Halloween. Shove one of those fake hearing devices so far up your ass, you can hear the sound of your small intestine as it produces This has been a public service announcement for anyone thinking of dressing like a creepy clown this Halloween. We, We just want to help. That's all, you know, it can be it can be a stressful time and some people they don't they don't know better and all we want to do is ensure that a uh, you have a safe Halloween uh, and uh, nobody gets Tootsie Rolls cuz Tootsie Rolls are disgusting and the people who like Tootsie Rolls are wrong. Now, uh, sometimes there's room for debate. No, not here. 
if you like Tootsie Rolls, you're wrong. And um, and and, ch- and chances are uh, you were never really loved by your parents. That's scientifically proven right there. This is Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. judge siding on the side of normalcy saying that there is a temporary restraining order now in effect that prevents the Biden administration from disassembling, degrading, or tampering with wire barriers. Tony Katz. That's me. Tony Katz today. That is the name of the show. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Feel free, call in, be a part of the show. This means that the Department of Homeland Security and Border Patrol agents, uh, meaning the uh, Customs Border Patrol, cannot tear down or cut through razor wire and allow illegal immigrants access into crossing the U.S.-Mexico border. So the razor wire is on the U.S. side. They cross, they're trying to get up maybe a bank or whatever it is, and and, uh, then they come across razor wire. We've seen in the past, sometimes referred to as concertina, razor wire barriers, And sometimes you'll see Border Patrol, this has been put in place by Governor Abbott and his people, and you'll see Border Patrol, federal people, cutting it and letting people through. In one case, you saw people coming through and then fist bumping one of the Border Patrol agents. And you're like, that's not a good look. So it had been Mayorkas who ordered Border Patrol to cut the razor wire in order for... uh, the illegal immigrants to avoid injury. No, the plan is to stop them from coming into the country. Funnel them to an area so you know where they are. That's the objective here. This is referred to by Greg Abbott, the governor, as Operation Lone Star Initiative. Began in March of 2021. As uh, we would all say, it was clear that Biden wasn't going to do anything about the border. Securing the border is not part of his his plan. It's not part of this Congress's plan. There is failure uh, to go around for all sides. Total failure. But something had to be done, and he has a state to to protect. Remember Article 4, Section 4 of the United States uh, Constitution. In case you never read it, it's... It's pretty clear. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on the application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. People really do get offended by the concept of invasion, but that's their problem. That's their problem. The invasion doesn't have to be in a uniform, just for clarity's sake. So the razor wire gets to stay up. But understand that it's, it's, it's not the, the, the answer. It's not the answer that it's necessary is proof of the underlying issue. 
And the underlying issue is we have an unseriousness regarding the border itself. An unseriousness from the political left because they deny there's a problem. We have an unseriousness from the political right because there seems to be a denial that we actually need people coming into the country because we need workers. Well, Tony, you're talking about the differences between legal and illegal immigration. Yes, I am, but both need work. And the answer is not, as you often hear it, um, what, what do they say? Comprehensive immigration reform? What the hell does that even mean? Nobody knows what that means. You hear comprehensive immigration reform, and and you are then to, to look at somebody who's screaming this and say, hey, what does uh, comprehensive immigration reform uh, really mean? You know how they answer you? They don't know what it means. They don't know what they're saying. What they mean usually when they say that is open borders. Well, that's not comprehensive immigration reform. And wanting a border doesn't mean that you oppose immigration. It's not xenophobia. It would be much better if members on the political right told members on the political left who say this to shut their damn mouths. And they should say it on the floor of the House, in the well of the Senate. And most importantly, when one of these people is screaming that kind of nonsense to CNN or MSNBC, confront them on camera and tell them to shut the hell up. They don't care about the country. They don't care about children dying of fentanyl. They don't care about kids being raped on the way. They hate brown children and then walk off. Keep doing it. Don't stop. Don't ever stop. That is the way you must confront these despicable, despicable liars. These horrifically awful people who won't do anything about the problem. And it's a problem. So I was very happy uh, to, to, to see this, that we would see this kind of uh, decision. But it's only temporary, and it could change, and certainly you can get people who won't pay attention to it. And certainly you can find people, part of, uh, of these, these groups, these non-governmental organizations and others, they'll go around trying to clip it and let people come in. Meanwhile, there is a caravan that that's coming. I don't have any good caravan music. This is the closest I've got. He's down, up and that doesn't really work, does it? I need so I need some caravan music there. That that's what I need. I don't even know what caravan music is. I, I think the best I could probably come up with. The, the, I mean, I, I don't know if this is, is right. Would this work if we're talking about a caravan? Let's see. Maybe this will work right here. Definitely got the front door. Good buddy. Mercy sake alive. Looks like we got us a convoy. Convoy. Yeah, but I picked the remix. That doesn't work. We've got, according to the reporting... Thousands of people heading from uh, southern Mexico, Central Americans, Venezuelans, 3,500 people setting off by foot. 
Another person who was an organizer said it was about 5,000 people in the group. Tell me again how it's not an invasion, would you? That'd be great. I would love to hear about how it's not an invasion. Because it's an invasion. Ah, uh, Breaker 1-9, this here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, love machine. Oh, 10 four, pig pen. For sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to taco town. Yeah, we definitely got us a front door, good buddy. Mercy sakes alive, looks like we got us a convoy. And I know what you're saying, Tony, this is nothing to make fun of. What are you doing? Uh, it's 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 laugh or cry. But I think the real question is, how do you get people to recognize the issue? What else would possibly be necessary? The southern border has certainly come into more conversation. Remember, it is us, you and me both, who have been discussing that the southern border is the biggest story in America. We've been saying this for a year. Well, you take a look at, at, at the numbers of people from Iran or, or the Middle East uh, on terror watch lists and others uh, who have been apprehended at the border and then those who haven't. There was a story out of the Wall Street Journal, was it yesterday, that we have the largest number of Indians crossing the border, meaning from India. Yeah, here it is, the Wall Street Journal uh, yesterday. They're saying that uh, the um, policies of Prime Minister Modi are driving them out. Others want job opportunities. They're not just flying into the United States. They are going to Mexico and then crossing. There is a guy who crossed, who, who came from Punjab to Fresno, California. Now that's somebody who landed. That's insane. Oh, wait, wait, did he land or did he come through California that way from the south? That's a long journey. That's a long journey to such a racist, hateful country. Wait, hold on, this just in. We're not a racist, hateful country. It's just what the left says. While they're shown to be wrong by the amount of people trying to get into the country, that is correct. That is absolutely accurate. Thank you. I appreciate you doing that for me. So we have all sorts of people trying to cross, and we are allowing it to happen. It's happening right here in front of our eyes. But perhaps, just perhaps, there will be new uh, conversations that provide value because what's happening in Israel from this terrorist group Hamas, these terrorist, murderous, despicable, disgusting lowlifes, what's happening there, people do fear can happen here. And it's why the gun stores that I speak to see an uptick in sales. And we see that the lower cost ammunition and lower cost weapons are now hard to come by. I haven't seen that nationally yet, but I have certainly experienced it anecdotally. 
and that people are concerned not just because they're Jewish, but because of what they see as an ongoing, evolving threat involving those who want to destroy Western civilization and those here in the United States who are saying, bring it on, let's tear it all down. Oh, and these people are here. The border is still the biggest story in America. The border requires our attention and smart policy and multiple policies to make it safe. And we are nowhere near getting that done. This is Tony Katz today. Secretary Mayorkas, speaking of Homeland Security, in the hot seat in front of the Senate, where Josh Hawley, the senator from Missouri, is asking questions about some DHS employees, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, uh, producer Jason, finger on the dump button here because some of these employees, not very nice, not very nice, not very uh, decent. Uh, This is Josh Hawley asking the questions of Secretary Mayorkas. What about people who say things like, on October the 7th, F Israel, I'm cleaning up the language here, F Israel, the government and its military, are you ready for your downfall? People who say things like F Israel and any Jew who supports Israel. May your conscience haunt your dreams until your last breath. Palestine will be free one day. F apartheid Israel and is any Israeli. What, this is pretty extreme rhetoric, don't you think? Senator, um, I do, and I think there is a distinction between espousing or endorsing terrorist ideology and uh, speech uh, that is uh, odious, that does not rise to that um, level. Fair enough. This person works for you. That's the point. The argument is not one of free speech because the argument should not be that this person in question should not be allowed to say those things if this is what they want to say. If this is the kind of human garbage that they are, let us see them for who they are. Let us see who they are so we don't work with them. But that person working in government? No, 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 no. Let me say it this way, apply it in a different direction. If someone like that worked for the IRS, I would never ever trust that I wouldn't be audited just as a way of attacking me. If someone like that worked in the DOJ, I would assume that I was under threat anytime anybody asked me a question, that they were looking to get me. No, 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 no. The, the, the job itself, discussing the, um, discussing a, a, a government employee, discussing working for us, Well, we have standards, we have rules, and that's not it. I don't argue free speech. I favor free speech. I do argue that you are allowed as an employer, us being the employer, to have standards. And someone screaming blank apartheid Israel And someone uh, saying this, that, or the other about Jews, 
Well, that person, if they were talking about people who are black, they wouldn't be hired much longer. They wouldn't have a job. You know it, I know it, they know it, we all know it. But this is okay. And then it was uh, Christopher Wray, the FBI director, just with some facts. But as I said a few moments ago, on top of the homegrown violent extremists and domestic violent extremists threat, we also cannot and do not discount the possibility that Hamas or another foreign terrorist organization may exploit the current conflict to conduct attacks here on our own soil. They're not exploiting the current conflict. It's part of the current conflict. And it's not a current conflict in Israel. It is a war as Israel was attacked by a terrorist organization named Hamas, which is supported by Iran. Can I help you? Can we just be honest? So it isn't an exploitation of an opportunity. It is part of the same project. The same war. And if we could about the whole homegrown extremist thing, I don't deny that it could be out there. But if you want to talk about the fundamentalists that most worry about, it's the Islamofascists. It's not the white supremacists. Oh, don't get me wrong. They both want me gone. It's just one carries tiki torches and the other murders 1,400. Yet somehow, the political left opposes the Tiki Torch people like I did, but supports the murder of the 1400. On college campuses and elected officials and and culture, they're fine with the murder of the 1400 and they're fine with the murderers. No opposition to them, but if if they had a Tiki Torch, ooh, the college campuses would be so angry. That's the secret to Hamas's success. No tiki torches. The left doesn't know the difference. Oh, they know the difference. They know the difference. Um, they're just, you know, seemingly very cool with dead Jews. Hey, don't don't blame me for noticing. Blame them for being cool with dead Jews. This is Tony Katz today. <laughs>